What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Higher Frequency Podcast. I am flying co-hostless, but I'm with my man, Ron Lasher. He's one of my fraternity brothers and a proud member of the Proud Boy chapter in Pensacola. So, how you doing, Ron? I'm doing good. Yeah, Thanks we're meeting, me. meeting here for a late podcast, man. I'm glad we got to do it. Um, we've been trying to do it for a while, so this is nice. Um you're saying I texted you at like 4.30 this morning. I've been going today. Yeah. Um, I, I woke up. I, was, <clears throat> I told you I wanted to save this for the start of it. Cause I yeah, yeah. Start. So I had a weird dream and I couldn't fall back asleep because I was just reeling. So I had a dream that Tyler, the creator, lived at my grandparents' house, right? And he was he was like taking this girl in she had mm-hmm. like a lot of problems i don't know what the fuck i was doing there he was like look i know i don't have everything i was like what the fuck is tyler the creator doing in my grandparents house first of all but i didn't say anything i was just gonna let the man speak <laughs> he goes look i don't got everything but i make money to support this house and i got baloney in the fridge and i was like what the fuck <laughs> is going on I think it's because my granddad loves bologna, and there's always bologna in that fridge. <laughs> That's really what it was. And then I just woke up, and I was like, "Why do I? Why can't I have some like some sort of revelation?" Like, yeah, why, dreams really mean something. Can I not something? get anything from that? Yeah, what's Gary V have to say about this? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> what is Gary V gonna tell me? Look, you can make some money off this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Somehow, yeah. Um, Somehow Craigslist has something to do with that. Yes, Craigslist <laughs> is behind everything. It's it's the Kekistani people. <laughs> yeah, that that'll be the next one. I don't know. You know, I got I got this weird dream uh, that my podcast will get to like a million listeners or something one day. And see it happen. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna try. No, so. my weirdest celebrity dream. I had uh, this one dream. And uh, not gonna lie, I went through a Taylor Swift phase when I was in middle school, high school. Right. And uh, I had this dream, and Taylor Swift was uh, my crazy ex-girlfriend. And uh, every time she'd release a new song or a new album, it'd always be about you know what a fuck of a boyfriend I was. Oh, damn, she <laughs> so, like, got every, you. Nobody would date me because Taylor Swift just trashed. Well, me. you're not the only one, right? <laughs> well, yeah, we we uh, ended up she, having a support did she use group. Your name? Yeah, because yeah. that would be the first time in the dream she did so. Long story short, I, craziest dream I ever had. We ended up having like a uh, support group for all of Taylor's exes. Ah, nice. That's good. That's a good one. That should. That's probably a thing somewhere. You know, anonymous. Probably. Yeah. <clears throat> Who knows? I had a. It's gonna sound weird. I had a uh, a sexual dream with Betty White. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I want to hear more about yeah, this Yeah, I mean, it, it was, she had like a very modest house. You know, you mm-hmm. would think Betty White, it's probably because she's old. She can't move around that much. Right. So keep it consolidated to about a living room, mm-hmm. two bedroom, three bathroom, you know, modest. Yeah. Uh, she had a pool. She was in a a one-piece a one piece bathing suit. Uh, she brought out some brownies, and I was like, oh, my God, thank you. And it's then she made a move on me, and... It, I didn't, like, stay uh, asleep long enough to actually, you know, but that's where it was going. It, we, we both knew where it was going. Like, because if you got the opportunity to have sex with Betty White. Oh, I'd take it. Yeah. Yeah. You got to take <laughs> I'm not going right? to lie, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, I mean, did you see her on Golden Girls? Mm, oh, yeah. It was, it was like older Betty White. It wasn't like Golden Girl <clears throat> Betty White. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like kind of washed up Betty White. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, like from the Snickers commercial. The only way she can get it in now is by bribing people with brownies. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it wasn't even the brownies. It was just... Just that one piece. It was just... It was just, Yeah, she had... <laughs> she, she had the breaststroke going. She hopped in the pool, too. I was like, damn. But you had that breaststroke going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's nah, going. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to 
I want to talk to you about the Proud Boys. I've I've known, uh, or I I've seen some like Gavin McGlynnis videos, and mm-hmm. I like some of the stuff he has to say. And I'm sure we agree on a lot of areas. I'm sure we can find disagreement, but I just want you to like tell the people what it's about, because you know a lot of people on the left think, oh, these Proud Boys are are super far right, and you know, given you are you know conservative, obviously, mm-hmm. but I, I still think there needs to be some dialogue between between the far left and the far right. I don't even see you guys as as you know racist, big racist, bigoted, and homophobes like the left. Yeah. Does. Like, that's that's all they make you guys out to be. So I just want you to put out the message, basically. Well, to be completely honest, I I get that a lot. Um, I think the biggest misperception people have about the Proud Boys is that we are. Um, inherently a political club and we do have certain here uh, scoot up a little bit that mic is we do have doesn't pick up much certain uh, political leanings that we kind of all come from the same place on but it's really more of a drinking club with a political problem to be completely honest Um, a lot of the guys I I dare say almost all the guys that um, I've met through the Proud Boys definitely leaning more libertarian um, but we've got every race represented um we've got gays we've got atheists we've got um like people that still worship the nordic gods so more of like like a lot of a lot of dogmas in there instead of just yeah yeah it's a lot of dogma a lot of uh opinions but all coming from the same principles um, things like well, because you said race, I was like, hold up, you guys got some black guys in there? Oh yeah, absolutely, no way. absolutely. What? Yeah, and uh, we've actually been in the news a good bit recently. Um, but do they wear cowboy hats? That's the thing. Not that I've seen. Wow. wow <laughs> some uh, blazing saddles. Yeah. Oh my. <laughs> See, I, that's that's definitely the next one, right? Yeah. Like Mel Brooks has got to get his. Have you seen Blazing Saddles? Oh yeah, swing low. <laughs> oh my God, what is like? It's funny, and they're doing it <clears throat> to be funny. They're not doing it to be racist, which, which to me is, is art, right? It's yeah. comedy. Yeah, and here, here's the thing, kind of a little bit of a tangent, but uh, I think probably ninety five percent of all of the offensive, racist, bigoted, homophobic, um, even Nazi-esque stuff that you hear reported about and people making comments, I think 95% of it is just people trolling. It's kind of like Blazing Saddles. It's so overtly racist and awful and like how these characters are acting that it's really making fun of it and trying to show you like how absurd racism is just from the get. I, I feel like some of it might be uh, trolling on both sides I feel like um, a lot of it is a lot of people who are radical on the left and this goes for the right too but a lot of people who are radical on the left if they see like people marching with literal like you know torches and stuff through a college saying we will not be overtaken yeah you know that shit's kind of like okay that needs a response Especially by the president. I feel like the president should have said something. And he said it on both sides. Yeah. But he could have he could have denounced Antifa. He could have denounced uh, the white supremacists who were marching in the group. That, But that's, that's like a year ago. So I think the leftists like to lump everyone who's conservative together in that. Yeah, it's just identity politics. And that is, I think... Um, that's our, that's the a huge issue today. I, I think ultimately it just dehumanizes everybody that doesn't believe exactly like you do, which is why I think you see violence like the school shootings or you see um, violence like Antifa um, does as one of their operating procedures or or the white supremacists, you know? <laughs> I, the school shootings to me, uh, <clears throat> I, don't, I don't feel like that is... Not saying that the issue itself isn't political, because obviously it is super political. I don't feel like the reasoning behind it mm-hmm. is political for these kids uh, to go shoot up, or not even kids, even these oh, adults yeah. now. Yeah. I, I feel like it has something to do with our diets, our addiction to pills as a society. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. SSRIs are prescribed to 
nearly everybody. I think 400,000 people in Florida are prescribed oxys. <clears throat> it's actually, it's really funny you say that. I had a text from one of my friends today. Uh, one of her friends from high school is from Switzerland, and she's visiting right now. And oh, yeah. in Switzerland, she had a prescription for um, the brand was Effexor. What what was it? Venlafaxin. And that uh, sounds Swedish. Yeah, but yeah, Switzerland. It was um, banned in the U.S. I don't know how long ago. Um, don't quote me on that. But it was banned in the U.S. And uh, she still lives in Switzerland, so she gets prescriptions for it there. But she ran out of her prescription while she's been in the States. She couldn't get it. And she's going through crazy, bad shit crazy withdrawals. Like, she's, you know, brain's all foggy. She's like, um, almost. it's almost like a constant panic attack that just doesn't stop. Right. Um, and it's these antidepressants, man. I think so. I, I think, uh, <clears throat> I'm no expert on this, but the the um, the procedure for diagnosing like depression and stuff like that whenever you go through that there's no there's no particular way they can figure out what medication is best for you so no. they'll try this one and oh shit you almost killed yourself on it okay well that's not back the to the one. drawing yeah, board yeah that's not the one we're gonna we get and they have the stack of papers this high, you know, a thick-ass book of different pills they can give you. And I'm not knocking modern medicine, you know. Sure. Because I'm not one of those anti-vaxxers. Obviously, vaccinate your kids. Yeah. You know? um, I'm just saying that I believe a high percentage of these school shooters and public shooters are on these medications. Mm-hmm. And they even say in the commercials that you may cause suicidal thoughts. Because oh, yeah. They say it right to your face. It's on TV. And then, meanwhile, uh, we have a plant that just grows from the ground. Like, I could just throw seeds in my yard and shit will just grow. Yeah. And it helps with depression. I'm not saying you should use it as a crutch for depression. And yeah. The use CBDs, it as a tool, not a... The CBDs can help you as far as, like, your health, your, your joints. It's good for arthritis. Yeah. Glaucoma. All sorts of stuff. You know? It's natural, and uh, it's just it's just one of those things that I believe our generation is going to see through yeah. before we're all dead. And that's it's that's something that I've struggled with a lot over the past couple of years because I've been diagnosed with depression, I've been diagnosed with PTSD, um, and I've been prescribed medication for uh, different medications before, but I've never actually taken them. Um, I kind of made a commitment to myself that unless I was literally on the verge of offing myself, like just such a dark place, headspace that uh, I genuinely was concerned for me killing myself, that I was never going to touch him because I've seen so many of my friends' lives destroyed by SSRIs, um, Xanax, um, anti-anxiety medications while they're on them. And then, good Lord, whenever they get off, it's even worse. It's you feel like you're dying. Yeah. Quite literally. Yeah. I think uh, definitely like you said, like if you get to a dark spot where you need something, definitely go see somebody. Yeah. You know, obviously. But I do feel like going the all natural, you know, maybe changing up your diet. Uh, You probably heard of Jordan Peterson. He came on the Joe Rogan podcast Mm -hmm. and talked about his like crippling depression. Yeah, and said uh, that changing of his diet. I think he it went was to, the carnivore diet. I think he went to an all carnivore. I think, yeah, uh, I've heard several people go to that now. I'm right. actually I'm making the transition right now from the ketogenic diet to the carnivore diet. I'm I've, gonna give I've it been a shot. doing keto for well, I just stopped. I've been on it again for two days, um, so I'm getting back into it. I went to Vegas and I cheated, and then that led to me cheating for a month because mm-hmm. I'm a lazy slob. It happens. But I lost thirty pounds. Yeah, I cut drinking and then. Uh, did the keto? I was too. I was looking like a ball because I'm like, I'm like five four. Mm-hmm. So, so whenever I get fat, it's just it's like all out, you know. Oh yeah. So, so I went from two oh seven, and the other day I weighed myself. I was like one seventy seven. It was crazy. Wow. I know that that's crazy. Now, um, jitsu helps a lot. I I haven't been going as much because I've been studying and going to work, but I'm trying to get a good schedule in. Where do you go here locally? Uh, I go to Healy and Gracie School of Self Defense, uh, over off Twelfth. Do you know where um, Ozone's Pizza is? Where the old Sacred Heart oh, Hospital? Oh yeah, is? it's yeah. across the hall from Ozone's. 
Oh, it's in there. Yeah. Okay. So you can roll and lose all those calories and, and then, then go, go straight to ozone. Yeah. yeah. It's perfect. <laughs> you know, it's perfect. Actually, for pizza, I've been going to Pyology. Oh, that they yeah. have a cauliflower crust which you can eat on a keto diet. I've never had that before. I, they just started doing it. That and sounds I've been, good. I've been doing that and some chicken. Yeah, you should try it out. My mom actually she try substituted. Uh, she made like a cauliflower mash that tasted just like mashed potatoes. Um, while she was on the keto I've, diet, I've had some. I hate cauliflower, but that stuff is good. I like cauliflower. I've had some where it was like a mask to people like they did a cauliflower like mixed with regular mashed potatoes mm-hmm. it, it was kind of bland but i've been looking up that's the thing if you get into keto and like a specific diet you find all these recipes and you're like shit i, I you know that looks good and i don't want to yeah. have to like i went to whataburger one time because i made my own bread mm-hmm. and i was like just give me the burger <laughs> which still isn't good but it's not the worst for you yeah you know? Well, the other thing is, like, you get all these recipes that are specific to these, people call them niche diets, but honestly, you're working with the same ingredient set. Like, I've developed a meal plan that I'm, I've am i been rolling with pretty consistently for almost two months now, where I'm eating for $30 a week, seven days a week, um, oh, gotta, three meals a day, You got to tell me bucks. what you do. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's um, a lot of eggs, a lot of meat. Um, avocados and then like onions and bell peppers. I've learned to like avocados. I didn't even same, like avocados. Same. Same. The texture guacamole. always threw me off. Yeah, but now that's like the golden keto egg. Like, it's so filling. I'll put diced avocados with uh, my scrambled eggs mm-hmm. and you can't taste the avocado. It just mixes in because the heat. It does mix in, yeah. Yep. No. I definitely learned to like avocados. In diet, my mom harps on this I, as long as I can remember. Anytime I'd bring some ailment to her, like, I broke my leg. She's like, well, you should probably be eating healthier. Like, diet is everything. <laughs> She's like, you are what you eat. And if you're eating McDonald's five times a week, you're you're literally going to eventually, when your body um, kind of remorphs itself, right. it's, you're going to be made up of all of the shit that you've been sustaining it's yourself. It's funny how those sayings, this is what uh, Jordan Peterson has been talking about, and I don't. I don't quite agree with him on uh, on everything about it. He's, him and Sam Harris went at it for like two whole podcasts about it, but he talked about how folklore and stuff, like in the Bible and these different sayings, like like you said, you are what you eat. Mm-hmm. Before we figured out the scientific role of like macros and stuff like that that go yeah. into your body and your gut flora, people just said, you know, you are what you eat. Without knowing the concrete truth, yeah, they're, it's like an they're old telling wives you tale. a wise truth. You know, it's it's weird how those two kind of converge together. Yeah. So, and my mom has done every diet under the sun. She's actually forty five now and going back to school to get her bachelor's in um, homeopathic medicine. Um, Damn. And it's yeah, she's congrats, mom. She, yeah, she. I'm I'm her biggest fan. But um, she's tried every diet under the sun, and it really is incredible how what you eat can regulate your mood, um, your energy, your initiative, just attitudes in general. I believe it. I'm, it's all in your gut. I'm concerned uh, about my parents' diet. They go out to eat almost every night, um, pretty much a high-carbohydrate diet, mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of sugar, because <clears throat> you don't notice... You don't notice till you actually start looking. Like the milk we have in our fridge, I went, I was gonna put it in, put it in the coffee. It had thirteen grams of sugar in yeah. it. Yeah, I was like, fuck. And Sugar's that's like everywhere. That's like uh, I forgot what the measurement was, but you know, I'm not trying to have sugar in my milk. There's Mm-mm. are there naturally occurring sugars when it comes out the cow? I, I don't. I don't know. I don't, I, yeah. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. But I'm sure that more sugar finds its way into the milk whenever it's being processed. Right. So, it's just little things like that. Like ketchup. I love oh, ketchup, Lord. Man. Yeah. That's that's tough having to give up the ketchup. Yeah. What I, was the toughest thing you had to give up? Well, I'll be honest. Um, I actually haven't given it up because I'm such a stickler for it. That's sugar in my coffee. Whether yeah. I'm using um, creamers with sugar in them or I'm adding sugar to it. That uh, I tried giving it up. And I, I really do love black coffee, but if I'm drinking five cups a day at work, 
and trying to hammer out reports and stuff. Your breath gets kind of stinky. It you know? does. It does. Yeah. Dry Your mouth. teeth get kind of yellow yeah, too. And yeah, I've I have to have sugar with it. Mm. I'm not ashamed to admit. it. Have you tried uh, like stevia? I have. Um, I grew up using stevia exclusively, actually, uh-huh. so it's got kind of a bad taste in my mouth. Mm-hmm. My, uh, I actually grew my own stevia for a couple years. What? The first time I grew it, I had this one stevia plant on my front porch in this little pot, and uh, whenever I'd be like cutting the grass or doing yard work, I'd go by and get a stevia leaf and chew on it for a little like, bit. Oh, you chew on yeah, it? Yeah, mm-hmm. and it tastes just like, like you know, powdered eggs. <laughs> <laughs> like, like you're on the fields yeah. in Mexico. My brother, he was like 10 years old at the time. And one morning, I go out to cut the grass, and he had eaten every last leaf off of my stevia plant. <laughs> Almost whooped his ass, dude. Looking like, uh, <laughs> like Dwight and uh, Moe's in the office. Yeah. Going through stevia withdrawals. <clears throat> That's funny. I, I feel like I need like five of me, you know? Yeah. So, because like I want to do so, I'm a generalist. You know how you learn about like generalist species and specialists? Mm-hmm. I'm a general. Like I like to do a lot of things. What do you, What do you mean by generalist specialist? Like if I like if I had five clones, mm-hmm. I would each tell them to do like pursue a different career path. You know? Oh, oh yeah. You know? Instead of. All of them becoming engineers. Right. And I feel like a lot of people are like that. And I feel like a lot of people are dead set. Like, no, I really like math. Yeah. Really like physics. Good for them. I I wish I was like that. I do too. I know I like English and communication, but there's so much you can do with that. It's like every avenue is open. I used to like Davis. Davis wants to be a sports commentator. That's that's what I wanted to be growing up. I Mm -hmm. wanted to be a college football analyst. And I like I would sit, I would sit down with grown men, which looking back at it, it's kind of weird they let me sit at their table, but <laughs> I was telling them at age, like, what was it, like 2004, yeah, so I was like eight, mm-hmm. you know, telling them, like, there's going to be a playoff. Yeah. Like, you're fucking ridiculous <clears throat> if you don't think it's going to be a playoff. I'm saying, you're fucking ridiculous if you don't think there's going to be a college football playoff. <laughs> Show enough. I feel like the playoff's going to get bigger. I don't know. Yeah. Football season, uh... Is the best, is the best season. I'm excited, man. Are you excited? I didn't know if you're a big college football fan or. Anything. I uh, I keep up with Alabama and I keep up with the Steelers. That's about the extent of fan? my. I am roll Who do you want? Who do you want a quarterback? See, like I'm, I'm just gonna be honest. I'm not even that into it. I couldn't tell you. No. Somebody good. It's because you're yeah. winning too much. I, yeah, I don't have to think about it. You don't have to. Nick Saban <laughs> just does it for you. Up on our. Uh, high Nick horse. Saban's not even doing anything. He's just like it's just gonna work itself yeah. out. He doesn't even care about Jalen <laughs> just going like yeah. yeah, I don't give a fuck about two. I don't know. He didn't say that, but still. <laughs> yeah. The thought that counts. Oh well, we can segue into this because it's popping off right now. And in, in the last podcast. I heavily defended Urban Meyer uh, for what's going on, and I'm not going to walk back my statements completely, Mm -hmm. Uh, because I feel like you need to let the investigation play out and see what's going on. Yeah. And you can speculate and say, if he knew about it, he should be thrown out, but at the same time, if the police were called nine times and they didn't take care of this... And I guess Urban is in that circle too. I don't know. I just wanted to get your thoughts on the situation. You know what? You know what happened? Um, I'm not. I'm not terribly familiar. Right, I'll fill you. So, um, Urban's assistant coach uh, Zach Smith. Mm-hmm. He was uh, a player under Urban at Bowling Green. Followed him to Florida. At Florida in 2009, there was an incident between Zach Smith and his wife, um, where. Urban and Shelly, Urban's wife, intervened and kind of tried to play like mentor to the couple. Oh, right? okay. And so instead of reporting instead it, instead of instead of reporting it, and uh, I'm not sure when uh, the nine calls to the police took place, but there were around nine calls to the police, and they didn't do anything about it. Um, so people are speculating that Urban knew about this incident in 2015. Uh, and he claimed on Big Ten Media Day that he didn't. And so they're saying if he knew anything about Zach Smith beating his wife, mm-hmm. that he should he should have fired him a long time ago. And yeah. He, that's it, It's always tricky in situations like that. Um, I think 
we have made um, domestic abuse and um, sexual assault and all these things, we've made it so much of a um, PR or PR and it's a political thing. More, more than that, we, we've made it into an HR thing. Um, and I like literally, I think HR departments just exist to cover companies' asses. You know, you, it's it's in the rule books. You know, the company has taken a strong stance against sexual assault, right. and we're on record for it. So now we can hold you liable within the company without reporting it. Um, but also, you get a lot of false calls. There were also violations. They were saying of. Title Nine, which has, yeah, which has expanded itself just from being like, uh, you know, if men have thirty-two sports, women have to have thirty-two sports. Mm-hmm. I'm not clear on the numbers, but something like that. Yeah. Which obviously, if Urban knew about the guy being his wife, me as an employer, I wouldn't want to keep the guy. I don't think you would need to keep the guy. He's, no. he's just an assistant coach, and I feel like yeah, he should have fired him. But at the same time. It's it's a domestic case, mm-hmm. and they have attempted to call the police nonstop, and I feel like the police should have interjected a long time ago. Well, know? I think the underlying issue here is men don't keep men accountable for things like that anymore. Whether it's you know growing up in Alabama, if something like that happened... I'm talking small town Alabama, like that you would get be a bunch taken of your boys together yeah. and go beat his ass. hundred percent. That's that's just how we grew up. Yeah. Um, and sometimes the police would get involved, but it was always reported. And now I I've been in, God, at least six or seven different situations where one of my female friends or friend of a friend has been assaulted or raped or um, beaten or abused, and six out of seven times no reports ever made and then whenever involved parties start talking about you know well let's go kick his ass because he just broke your foot collarbone and stabbed you in the neck three times and you're not going to report it to the police like this can't be allowed to continue no he can't just get off with this and even go into bars and you're, you're out with your girl and somebody slaps her on the ass every girl i've ever been with if i ever like turned around and started to say something or was going to punch him or whatever. It's just women that that I have been with in my experience, they don't let guys, um, hold guys accountable in situations like that. And so guys keep doing it. There aren't consequences. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I just, I don't, I don't see <clears throat> the reason in universities playing a, a lawyer, a you know, a, a lawyer stance. You know, if, if there was if there was domestic abuse, uh, that is obviously a crime. Yeah. And there's a procedure for that. There's laws for that. And I just believe that our officers are taught to focus on, you know, drugs and mm-hmm. and different things uh, that make that make the department's money. Yeah. Right. Instead of these serious cases, which should be looked at, looked into, right? And I I believe it, they could be way more effective than universities. Oh, one hundred percent. And it's it's kind of a backwards thing, but um, in my opinion, any instance of domestic abuse or sexual violence of any nature, like there's never any excuse ever to hit a woman. No. Just, no. I, I have never laid hands on a woman. I've, I've had physically abusive ex-girlfriends, and I've never once raised a hand. It's just how I was brought up, just values of respecting women. Um, and so even this, like, I, I don't know. I, I'm not in uh, Meyer's situation, but uh, there really is no excuse. If you're going to be aware of somebody in the past beating his pregnant wife and then it developing into a pattern there's no excuse even if you personally like the guy or he's one of your friends it's just he's got to be held accountable right yep all right well good i just wanted to get your thoughts on that i uh i did make my statements before a bunch of stuff came out about um like evidence as far as like text messages and stuff Mm -hmm. and i was 
I wasn't fully defending Meyer, um, but now it's they're, they're mounting evidence against him. I still think the the investigation needs to play out. Obviously, um, you know, yeah. let the university investigate, which is their procedure. Obviously, I'd rather have um, the local government, the police, or you know, someone else do the investigation. But um, because the the university has a, a special interest, right? It's the university investigating itself, really? essentially. It is, because they make millions of dollars from this legendary football coach. Yeah. Urban Meyer is a great football coach, and he's gave them one national championship back in 2014. They've gone to several playoffs. You know, he's making them money. Yeah. So why are they investigating? You know, well, that, it's just that, like we were that's talking about earlier. The, the whole modern ed- educational system, higher education, is all about the money. Oh, yeah. And that's the thing. Like, like me as a libertarian, I'm still <clears throat> shaky on the financials of it because you have to go from what we learn in school as, as economics. The, a lot of libertarians like to study what like Rothbard and Ayn Rand and uh, mm-hmm. Mises did. Uh, and their philosophy about it. And right now we have inflation that's going up and we have minimum wages that are staying staying low. Yeah. And it's because of different factors in the economy that I'm too dumb to fucking understand right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I know the solution isn't going to be, you know, raise the minimum wage to $15 an hour for unskilled no. labor, you know? No. I mean, as soon as they started passing legislation like that on mass, I mean... You see things like there's a news story pretty recently, but um, see if I can find it. Jamie, pull that shit up. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> Young Jamie. <laughs> um, but by 2020, like every McDonald's location is going to be almost completely automated. They're not going to have cashiers anymore within two years. And you know what? I don't, I don't feel like we should be abrasive towards automation. Um, I feel like that's gonna free up a lot of time, and as long as as long as our economy is good, which I I don't think our economy is doing well right now, unlike a lot of conservatives. I I see the issues with uh, the economy from a libertarian standpoint as like the Democrats just want to tax everything, and you're gonna have yeah. less money, and then the Republicans right now. Uh, under Trump are are really <clears throat> really heavy on these tariffs with China and you're going to get in a trade war with them but then you're going to lower our taxes it doesn't make sense Tar- a tariff is a tax oh yeah. yeah a trade deficit with China is is not a big deal it's not as big of a deal as Trump's making it out to be it we are using China's hard labor to make our goods most of our goods come from China the TPP wouldn't have worked without China. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that was the reason we got out of it. We wanted to get in there before China did so we could build the framework. But without it, you are missing 60% of the global you know, gross domestic product. Yeah. And it's, I, I, I agree with you. I think the economy is kind of just this economic boom we're supposedly experiencing. I think is really just inflated. It's a bubble. It's it, another it is. bubble. I, I don't know if it's the magnitude of like 2008, but I mean, if you think about it, everything is debt-driven nowadays. Well, how do we get out of the bubble? We bailed out all the big banks. Yeah. We bailed out everybody, and that's just not a way to go about that. Look, uh, a lot of people want to <clears throat> down capitalism for uh, it being responsible for monopolies, but what we have now is not capitalism. We have about 40% of our gross national product being de- uh, being developed by government entities yeah that's nationally based so we don't have a largely privatized economy anymore we really don't it's not a free market it's not a true free market there's no invisible hand the, the hand is obviously run by the government and then I will say close ties to the government so that's yeah. where I see like some of Bernie Sanders' points, where he says we have to get money out of 
we have to get money. My hands are up above my head, and I'm hunched over. We we have to get the money out of the government, but at the same time, the dude's got like three beach houses across. You know. Yeah, and I'm I'm hesitant to call you know anybody a hypocrite off the bat because if I had access to that kind of money. I'd have three beach houses too. Right. Okay. But I'd still be preaching about getting government out, or getting po- right. money out of politics. Right. I guess you're right. Maybe I shouldn't. I hear what you're saying, and I agree. Yeah. No, I I don't think he's that much of a hypocrite. I just don't see the reason behind nationalizing everything. We've seen what it does to places, and and even if you want to use like Switzerland and the Nordic countries, they were all capitalist countries and then they built off the capitalist wealth into into a more socialized economy mm-hmm. and now a lot of them are regretting it oh 100% so I I just don't see it being don't see it being uh, it's just not sustainable I don't see it being sustainable a lot of things we're doing right now aren't sustainable as far as the planet as far as our economy and everything see that's the thing about me I'm I'm like definitely for you know moving our our energy sources to more more green more mm-hmm. more sustainable energy whereas a lot of republicans are you know coal and oil yeah I, I yeah need that, i need that drill soggy, baby soggy drill oil. Mm-hmm. you know yeah i don't i don't get it i mean i get it we all have cars and we need gas we're not there yet it's just we're we're all working on borrowed time and borrowed money it's like our generation is still working under the uh, the assumption that whenever they retire, they're going to have Social Security to fall back on. We've already spent all the Social Security money that's been right. set aside. It's all gone. We've burned through it. It's not there. But we're still paying taxes into it, and we're still, like, in the back of our minds, it's just like, oh, yeah, I'm going to have Social Security when I t- retire. Right. That's another thing. That's why, that's why I was very – I wasn't – I was, like – less than a month away from being able to vote in 2012, but I would have voted for Ron Paul. Yeah. He, Ron <clears throat> Paul, I wish I wish he got more traction, but... He's just not photogenic. Yeah. He had he had a whole University of Michigan saying, in the Fed, in the yeah. Fed. Like, what kind of, you know, what kind of university would you go to today and hear students saying, in the Fed? Yeah. I mean, it, what you just said sounds like an Onion article. Yeah. Like, you know. They would they would say, you know, racist, bigot, KKK, <laughs> go away. Yeah. I forget. What's that chant they always do? Oh, I know what you're talking you about. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. they were chanting it no the other week in Tallahassee. That's just, that's just another thing. I wanted, to, I wanted to get your reaction on this because this... You know, with the whole, uh, what's her name, Maxine Waters, is that the senator? That got... That was calling for people to be boycotted at, like, gas stations and restaurants and stuff. Based off she was, she was the She was the Democratic, I think, senator. Oh, oh, yeah. Right, so... Candace Owens and uh, Charlie Kirk from... from Turning Point USA, obviously a conservative group. Yes. Uh, got basically chanted out of a restaurant, uh, had drinks pouring all over them. Yeah. Um, because obviously they're they're right wing conservative. They're not racist by any means. I don't. I don't like the whole identity politics. We're gonna label you because of what you believe. Because I understand if you actually believe someone's Hitler, but at least look at what the Nazi party was. The National Socialist, <clears throat> right? Yeah. And then the Soviets, the USSR, was also socialist. They're just super extreme with it, went all the way to the extreme of communism. I, I'm all for freedom of speech, but I would not be opposed to like a law against calling people Nazis or calling people Hitler. It's like people have no comprehension I would, I would of be how against, awful it actually was. I would be against that law. And... I mean, I saying that sarcastically, but it's just, it's thrown about so much on both sides, and any time um, conservative. It is, but it falls back on education because they don't. We don't learn. I've never learned 
uh, about the communists, you know? Yeah. We, as, you know, growing up in the public school system, they didn't teach us uh, about that, whereas our parents actually went through it. That's why a lot of our parents are conservative, you know? Yeah. Uh, the communists killed more people than the Nazis did. 100%. So, I... And I didn't learn about that till I don't later. I don't buy the whole uh communism is a part of like a secular lifestyle. I don't I don't buy that mm-hmm. anymore. I used to I used to think kind of along those lines. Um but I just think there is an undereducated population that just believes that communism is all good. You know, we have we have been blessed with a nation that has seen the most economic prosperity in all of world history. And now a poor person in America has has an iPhone, you know? Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people are just complacent about it. But here's the video. Come soft fascists. Soft fascists. I like that line. That is definitely a capitalist breakfast. Did the state provide you those pancakes? Wow. Yeah. They're all outside. The bourgeoisie. Wow. Straight from Karl Marx. Unemployed fucks of the world, you know. They're talking to him like they want him to respond, but they're shouting him down. Yeah. Saying fuck white supremacy. When I'm pretty sure Charlie Kirk is banging Candace Owens. I wouldn't put a hundred dollars up. Candace you Owens know. is black. Yeah. 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 I can't. That's about all I can stand of that. And and the thing is. The thing is, and Dave Smith, he's a libertarian, he's also mm-hmm. a comedian, he says this a lot. If you look at the sides, like, if I look at Proud Boys yeah. and what they support, you know, and then I look at Antifa and what they support and how they go about their tactics and how they approach a, a protest, mm-hmm. um, if there's a fight, I got the Proud Boys all day. If, if oh, we yeah. got even numbers... yeah. I'm thinking the lifestyle that most of, you know, your guys probably grew up in, uh, y'all are going to have some guns, uh, you're going to know how to fight, at least scrap a little bit, um, these Antifa guys, they do the black block, and you don't know who they are, they run scared. Yeah, they're, they're hiding behind anonymity, and it is, it's just a lot of soy boys, um, you know, (laughs) And you'll Sweet you'll boys. see videos of people from Antifa um, posting videos online. They still got their masks and stuff on, and they're waving guns around. And like anybody who's ever handled a gun before and had safety training, can tell like they have no idea what they're doing with whatever weapons they're showing off. Um, it's funny that video. We had a similar thing happen two weeks ago. Uh, there was a Second Amendment rally in Tallahassee on the steps of the state capitol. And Caitlin Bennett, the Kent State gun girl, was uh, one of the keynote speakers at the rally. And she came down from uh, Ohio that same day just to be at the rally. But the day before, she stopped in Jacksonville and was at a restaurant. And the, not the owners of the restaurant, but the uh, waiters and waitresses. Staff. Yeah, yeah. They, they kicked her out of the restaurant. That's just ridiculous. because they recognized her. Yeah. Um, and it's, that happened just a couple hours away. It it was not as aggressive as what happened there with Candace Owens and, um, you know, amassing a mob outside. Right. See, this is a weird stance for a libertarian because, uh, I believe that a private business has the right to not serve somebody if they don't want to do it. Absolutely. You know, but at the same time, uh. We are discriminating people for their political views. Yeah. Um, and you could discriminate someone for anything, for that matter. So 
there, where do you draw the line? Yeah, there is an argument to be had there about what are we going to do, um, and the Supreme Court's mold over it, you know, with the with the whole cake, the mm-hmm. whole baking of the cake and stuff. Um, yeah. I've heard some things about the shop, though, where they didn't even do custom cakes. Like, oh, it wasn't yeah. a thing. I, I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah. And I was on the side of the private business then, so in order to stay consistent with it, um, I would have to be, you know, I'd have to say, yeah, they have the right to kick them out. It's the business is lost. They're not going to get the money, you know? Yeah. But in this day and age, we have businesses that are so big, it's not going to hurt them. You know, you're not going to hurt them with a right. dollar. Right. And I, I, I completely agree with you. I want them to be free to kick whoever they want out. Right. Um, but also, it's going to come back to bite them. You know, people that are familiar with that restaurant or read these news stories, if they're ever, you know, around that area and they want something to eat, they're not going to go. Right. Not, not like, there doesn't even have to be a concerted boycott. It's just, I'm, I'm not going to go there. The right doesn't really boycott a whole lot of stuff anyway. No. I mean... Besides, like, you know, Planned Parenthood, you know. But, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Um, other than that, you don't see a lot of calling for boycotting of businesses, whereas on the left, if, like, say they don't, uh, where could I, where could I say? Mm, say, like, like, Apple's CEO, or, like, take Harvey Weinstein. Say mm-hmm. uh, Harvey Weinstein's company, I, I don't know what company he ran, but say they kept him on and everyone found out about it. The left would be outraged. They would try and boycott that. Right. Obviously. You know, I might boycott that. They try and boycott Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A. Which props um, on them. The Redskins. It's, it's the hardest thing to do. Yeah. And yeah. I understand, because uh, Chick-fil-A's religious, you know, and that's fine. But you're just not going to get chicken nuggets. And there's some damn good chicken nuggets, They're so too. good. They're, <laughs> They're so missing good. out. I don't... And Chick-fil-A is not even saying gay people can't eat here. They're like, you can eat here. Just when you go to the bathroom, read those commandments, you know? Yeah. Just take a peep at what... And still, that's a private business. Take a peep business. at God's word. You can have a male bathroom and a female bathroom, or you can have three bathrooms, or you can just have two unisex bathrooms. Yeah. I don't even think the bat. See, that's the thing. I don't like. I don't care what bathroom we piss in. Yeah. I I would rather stop bombing Yemen through Saudi Arabia. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm worried yeah. about fucking geopolitical shit. I'm worried about why why we have bases in over seventy different countries. It's more than that. It's probably like ninety countries now. Oh yeah. I'm I'm worried. You know about the military industrial complex. And uh, intertangling with foreign leaders in foreign countries, you know, yeah. I the whole thing with NATO with Trump, you know, NATO's whole purpose was to stop the Iron Curtain. Mm-hmm. It a government agency once they fulfill their duty, it should be relinquished. One hundred percent. And and there's a lot of stuff that they could do with NATO, but they can make a whole a whole new agency. Yeah, we need more cybersecurity. That's an argument for a new agency between maybe the countries that were in NATO, maybe mm-hmm. new ones, maybe some ones that don't want to cooperate. There's obviously yeah. a, a schism between political views and ideologies economically. So why are we trying to make a trade block? Like, obviously make trade blocks if it's beneficial for your national interest. But I don't see outsourcing our power mm-hmm. to a larger agency like the EU has done, right? Like right. like the states have done to the feds. With the oh, Fed, yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and there's arguments for both sides, but I'm just on the side of less money spent on war, really. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm concerned about. I don't give a fuck what bathroom we go to. I've seen girls pissing in the urinal. I'm not. A, I'm not gonna tell anybody. Yeah. Although a dude going to piss in the girls' bathroom is kind of weird, you know. I've yeah, done it I before. Agree. I've done it before, but I've made sure no one's coming, and it's usually a single stall. Exactly. You know? And you lock the door, and you know nobody else is gonna be right. coming in. Yeah, because well, my buddy's taking a shit in the next next one. I can't get in. And I, I'm a little conflicted on the whole bathroom thing, just as, as a tangent. But my biggest pet peeve with it is. All these conservative parents are talking about how they don't want their 
you know, little girls, their kids going into the women's bathroom and some dude comes in. It's like, why are you letting your kids? Sorry about that. That was my sticky finger. <laughs> I stopped recording. But yeah. Yeah, my biggest pet peeve with the whole bathroom debate is all these conservative parents that are just up in arms because they think their little girls or little boys, their kids are going to be going to the bathroom and there's going to be a um, someone of the opposite gender in the bathroom or a transgendered person or whatever the case. My, my initial reaction is why are you letting your kids go to public bathrooms by themselves in the first place? Right. Like that's never a good idea. I mean, idea. at a certain age it's okay. Right. At a certain age, when you're capable of handling yourself or running out of the bathroom or washing your own hands yourself, like it, it just comes with growing up. But right. we're talking about young kids here. Yeah. Yeah, as a good parent, you would go, you know, with your kids to the bathroom, you know. The issue is not the bathroom debate. The issue is you're an irresponsible you parent. You cross streams with your son is what we're yeah. saying. You know? Yeah. You're there. <laughs> exactly. You got to teach him. You got to make sure he's holding it right and stuff. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. I, I could care less if uh, one part of our country wants bathrooms and one of our uh, the other part of the country wants to keep the two bat like it's it's such a waste of time like people, even the fact that we're talking about it now we're, yeah, we're wasting like we're wasting our time, time yeah on senseless stupid yeah and a lot of people feel like they waste their time when they talk about weed or something like that and I don't feel like that's a waste of time because that's a personal freedom that mm-hmm. the government has taking the liberty of taking my liberty from me. Right. Right. So I'm ingesting something that's natural. It's not harming anyone else. It's barely harming me, if it is at all. Yeah. You know, the jury's I, still out on that yeah, one. Yeah, because I could eat, you know, I can eat a pot brownie, and I'll be fine. Yeah, you're not inhaling any... Most likely. ...carcinogens if you're eating it. Right. Because there's no combustion. Yeah. yeah. It's... It's little things like that that are just kind of like, okay, everyone in government, conservatives, liberals, all y'all, <clears throat> just leave. We need to start over. That's Clean why I'm slate. okay with the government shutdown. I don't care if all these, you know, I, I do feel sorry for the for the workers who aren't making a lot of money, lower yeah. level government workers, uh, after it, like an elongated amount of time not getting their money. You know? Right. But I think a lot of things could be privatized. That's just Oh, the way I absolutely. Yeah. You, know? you can see side by side comparisons of uh wildlife reserves and national parks, um, the government owned and operated ones versus the privately owned and operated ones. Um, it's just money's not let go to waste if it's your own money on the line. Right. And when you're talking like construction and stuff, uh Whenever the government bids out jobs, they just send out bids. But yep. we know the government has money, so everyone tries to fuck, you know, fuck them. They're like, oh, okay, yeah. I'm going to give you a high bid. And some people might lowball just because they need, they need the you know, money. But these are big projects, and you're wasting a lot of money on it. You can see I think Rand Paul. I think Rand Paul uh, had a speech where he said they spent $700,000 to figure out if um, Neil Armstrong said uh, once – a one small step for man or one small step for man yeah it's, oh, it's I stuff it. like that like do you really need seven hundred thousand dollars to figure that shit out well uh, that brought to mind story i saw on cnn a month or two ago epa paid one thousand five hundred and sixty dollars for 12 fountain pens customized fountain pens and that's another one of those things where whether that's it's weapons going. or office supplies, those are also contracts that are sent out and are bid on. Right. That's just them going, hey, uh, we got taxpayer money. We're going to buy fancy pens for you. Or yeah. you, you know, one of the EPA officials knew somebody in the fountain pen business and wanted to throw them a bone. Oh, yeah. You know, it's just like the construction industry here. It's it's all it's all just a right. mob, man. I feel like it's... It's almost too far now, though, and I'm gonna how keep do we fighting get back? for it. Yeah, how do you, how do you get back from such entanglement with big business and big big government? I like look at look at the people in the government. They're on boards of big companies, or we're on boards. Yeah. Like I feel <clears> like that should be illegal. You know, you shouldn't it's have conflict of a stock. Yeah, it's a conflict of interest. You shouldn't have a stock in any company that you were 
on board with if you're working for the government. It just shouldn't happen. Yeah. And we got to cycle these people out, too. Mm-hmm. The country's so large. And, like, look at the Supreme Court. You know, how many people, uh, you know, went to, like, Florida State who were on the Supreme Court? Like, none. Right. They're all from Harvard and Yale. It's this yeah. elite class. And that's that's why, you know, I feel, you know, I feel with the Bernie supporters. Because yeah. there is an elite class. There's definitely a class of system going on here. But we yeah. just have two completely different ways of fixing it. Yeah, and I think in our quintessentially American magnanimity, I think we kind of fool ourselves into thinking that there's not an elite class and a lower class um, because we're still the land of equal opportunity. Um, but that's a lie. There's absolutely an elite class, and that's who's actually running the show right. at every level of government and industry. And there's some statistics uh, out there that point out, like, what my buddy who is, he says he's a classical liberal, but he's super far left, and I know he is. He's super smart, though. Like, he's mm-hmm. way smarter than me, so every time I go and debate him, I just fucking lose. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's it's not bad. I still He's still my friend. We have different ideologies, obviously, but I will still try to debate him. But he was saying, you know, our lower class is making less money than, you know, other people mm-hmm. as far as, like, Europe, I guess, and stuff like that. So, you know, I think the stat he pointed out was saying that it is harder for our lower class to become middle class now compared to other countries and it used to not be that way it's just because it's so hard to start a small business you know well what's the i'm trying to find the statistic but ballpark if you're making, you know, thirty, thirty-five thousand dollars a year here the in America, one percent, one percent of the world, yeah, right. And that may not be the exact number, the exact percent, but it's damn close. It's and close. We just we. It's it's kind of like the um. Uh, I drew blank there. Brain fart. We we don't have any con conception of what it's like to live in poverty, or live on a dollar a day. It's our expectations. We have set them too high, and we've been. Um, We've been trained to set them high. Yeah, definitely I don't, and some people in America definitely do, obviously, but as a general statement, as a society, we're complaining about the most minute things at this point, you know? Our focus is not where it needs to be. Yeah. And that's what irks me. I I don't know. There's always going to be problems, and that's why, like, Davis... Him and I talked about it, and mm-hmm. he was like, yeah, that's why I don't want to get into politics. You know, I want to stick in sports. Right. You know, I want to... But even sports are politicized now. Oh, yeah. And sports have always been politicized to a certain extent, mm-hmm. you know, but now it's just getting ridiculous. Yeah, it, it really does just... It's like, do we stand? Do we not stand? Like, do what you want. Your employer has a right to fire you. <laughs> Absolutely, you know? yeah. But then, like, you, you can kind of dig a little bit deeper. And I, I, how many of these players have been actively protesting in the off season when they're not on the company time? You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm, they have been. I I'm don't know. Sure, yeah, I, I don't, don't want to make an assumption, but and there is an issue. We're not hearing about it. There is a large issue with um, disproportionate enforcement of laws towards like African Americans whenever it comes to uh, particularly drugs uh, like marijuana possession stuff like that mm-hmm. and the, like you can look those up like that's a solid fact and I know a lot of white people who smoke weed it's just that those areas are more policed um, and even in Nixon's white papers the whole drug war was created to keep the lower class in the lower class keep them in jail and keep them in this vicious cycle yeah so it comes back to I guess what a lot of people on the left would call systematic racism yes that's I feel like that's <clears throat> what they should be referring to is the drug war absolutely and it's, I'm, not tra- I'm not trying to say like hand in hand. all black people do drugs obviously I'm not trying to say that I'm just saying that our focus uh, as a 
police state is on drugs and other things that yeah. it shouldn't be on. We're not looking at the systemic issues, the 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 core issues. We're just looking at symptoms. Everybody's up in arms about a disproportionate number of African Americans getting shot and killed by cops. Yes, obviously that's a problem. That's not a good thing, but yeah. It's very rare that I see anybody on either side go deeper than that and look at, um, you know, how many of these instances of police brutality or excessive force, how many of those were uh, drug-related? Right. Like, marijuana is about the most benign, you know, benevolent plant you can imagine, but we're giving people life sentences, and that's a burden on the taxpayers. We've got the whole separate issue of privatized prisons right it's 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 all these laws and, and see, the drug where, war was set up on purpose that's where i would kind of go into okay maybe the government should uh be in charge of prisons yeah because there's something like a business is there to make money that is their main goal that's their main objective and whenever we're trying to make money by putting people in cages it's unethical and so whenever it comes to a crossroads like that I feel like the government with the drug war is wrong and then the privatized prison system is wrong as well and so that's where as a libertarian you have to kind of you know feel out your view on that yeah you know? and I think the the best way that I can distill that you where do you draw the line um, do we privatize road construction, or is that something because it's infrastructure? Government but should do the it. The government's or, doing such a poor job of maintaining roads. Domino's Pizza is now filling potholes. Yeah, that's how easy it is. Look, Domino's Pizza is doing a better job at filling potholes than your government. And and, and you only pay them when you want a pizza. Exactly. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's businesses actually being it's funny as shit, but socially like, responsible because that's an expectation for businesses now. As it should be, right? Yeah. And uh, that's what that's what as a libertarian you would preach, you know, we should be responsible and you, you should rely on your community, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know? And I, I think the the way that I've always kind of parsed through that issue of trying to determine what government should be involved in, what it should have its fingers in. Um, look at the government as a sword. What can you do with the sword? You can protect um, your citizens from enemies, foreign and domestic. You can um, punish criminals. You can enforce laws. Um, you can put people in detention facilities, and you can, you know, keep them there because you're the government. You have the uh, force uh, necessary to do that, but you can't build roads. You can't um, support a single-parent family with four kids with right. a sword. You know, it's not the government's job. And it's because that, we have like, abdicated our responsibilities. You and, only get, uh, you only get the money, like the welfare. I mean, I, I'm going to call it welfare for the sake of uh, this conversation, for being, you know, a single mother. If you're below a certain income, yeah. So there's no reward for you to go find a spouse and go find, you know, a a father figure for the kids because he's going to bring in his money and he's going to fuck your welfare up. Yeah. You're not going to get that money, you know? It's one of those things where it's kind of backwards. It's a backwards system, right? Mm -hmm. You should be rewarding these people who are going out and trying to do good for themselves. I'm not saying being a single mother isn't, you know... Or is a bad thing. Well, I think I think kids do need a father figure in their lives, and and Ben Shapiro talks about that all the time. Uh, as far as you know, being an important factor in how a child grows up and what kind of system he develops to being. Mm-hmm. And you were talking about um, Nixon's white papers. White papers. Yeah. Um, anytime. You start talking about welfare. It's kind of like the um, the drug war. I think welfare was specifically instituted to keep lower classes and minorities down. And just what you just said, once you're making enough money or you go above a threshold, you're ineligible. And so you don't want to improve your lot in life because then you're going to lose this free money that you're getting. And it started with LBJ 
and the Great Society. Like, if right. you actually read through this, and Planned Parenthood's the same way. I, All of these social like it programs. Is, it, you should, it should be available, and I feel like it does help you know, people in need who are impoverished. I feel like it does help them up to a certain point. It shouldn't be a source of permanent income. Just like minimum wage, yeah. you're not supposed to be able to support a family with however many kids off of minimum wage or off of welfare. That's not what it was intended for in the first place. Right. Um, let's see. Looks like we've been going for a good while. And uh, it's getting late. Yeah. We can do this again sometime. <clears throat> yeah, There's absolutely. a lot of problems in our society. And it's nice to talk about them. Uh, I know we, we didn't really plan on talking about ours. We just kind of got into it. We were just going to shoot <laughs> the shit. But, you know, we're no experts. Uh, I try and be as well-read as possible on the topics that I'm covering. Uh, I know I can do a better job, but this whole podcast thing is a learning experience, you know? We're in Absolutely. The, uh, we're in the tortoise race, not the hare race. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm working on my uh, philosophical stances uh, as far as my political stances, and I'm sure you are as well. But it was great talking with you. Yeah. Um, we'll we'll talk. We have some other stuff to talk about after the podcast. Oh, absolutely. Next time we'll get Davis in here. Um, he's always busy. He's got to be up at four in the morning. So yeah, mm, but, I couldn't do that. Uh, if any of you guys are still listening out there in podcast world, just floating about in your car, maybe uh, maybe with a group of people. You're with a group of people that'd be great you know whisper to each other tell them you love them you know give them a nice big hug send flowers you know call up call up books oh, i'm not supposed to get flowers for somebody tonight you can and call I up forgot. books i forgot you forgot flowers yeah i forgot flowers. i have a uh 10 no i think i have a 40 percent off coupon from books <laughs> oh, we're wow. not even sponsored by books so <laughs> you know if you're thinking about sponsoring us, go ahead. Yeah. Go right ahead. <laughs> All right. Enjoy, guys. Have a good future. Because no telling when the fuck you're going to listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> Three, two, one.